0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 20th day of January. I'm Paul White. One week from tonight, we are in Chapin, South Carolina with our Chapin monthly meeting. We are there every fourth Friday of the month. There will be an exception in the month of March where we'll meet on the third Friday, but most of the time, fourth Friday of the month with that group. And we would love to be with you if you are in the Columbia, South Carolina area. Come be with us. Um, 100 Willowwood Parkway, I believe is the address, but always double check at paulwhiteministries.com slash schedule where you can uh, check out our all uh, any any place that we're going to be. We will be there on Friday evening at 630 and we have a fantastic time fellowshipping together, talking about Jesus. We take communion. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome at the Lord's table as well and it is, it'll be a wonderful time. Of course, we record those. We will put those up in uh, in time uh, on our Sunday full-length sermon release. Today, Mark chapter 1, I'm in the 32nd verse, and today I want to cover the 32nd through the 34th verses where Jesus is going to do a little bit more healing. Before I read, let me remind you that Jesus has cast out an unclean spirit on the Sabbath day because this is this is one day that we at least it's one day beginning in verse 21 they they're in Capernaum they go into the sabbath i'm sorry it's the sabbath they go into the synagogue because you could go to synagogue on sabbath and hear the reading of the word while he's there he casts the unclean spirit out of the man and then he goes to Simon Peter's house where he heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law of a fever so this is Two. This is a, a deliverance and a healing that have both happened on the Sabbath. Now, listen how verse 32 begins. And I want you to keep in mind that we've been on the Sabbath day this entire time. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Okay, let's work backwards. At the door tells us they're at a house. Based upon the previous story, we know they're at Peter's house, and Jesus has just healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever, and she is now serving them. That This obviously happened in the afternoon, after the morning synagogue reading. When the sun sets, the people begin to bring the sick. And the reason that Mark points this out, the reason I'm trying to point it out as well, is because... The good Jewish populace of Capernaum want to respond to the healing and the authority that they see in Jesus, but their Judaism demands they wait until the end of the Sabbath before leaving their homes in order to go do something like visit a friend. They can go to synagogue, but to go to someone else's home and bring their sick and their infirm, well, that's work. It requires they carry people. It requires they traverse miles. It requires that when they get there, they're asking for a favor. These things aren't happening on Sabbath. And this is the great contrast in Mark between how Jesus is acting and how his Jewish brethren are acting. And I'm not, this isn't a, to, to cast stones at the Jewish audience of Mark 1, but it's to show you the difference in the way they thought versus the way Jesus thinks. Jesus seems to have no problem delivering the man of the unclean spirit at synagogue in Capernaum. And then he has no problem healing Peter's mother-in-law of a fever on the Sabbath. And yet the city brings their infirm to him when sun goes down. So Sabbath is over. And it shows us that Jesus is trying to show the way of the Father that Sabbath is deliverance, Sabbath is exorcism, it is healing, it's fever release. While our formulas of performance and religion and tradition will often keep us far away from all of the things Jesus is trying to blatantly do in our midst. It also tells me that sometimes we have to watch Jesus in order to understand him. It's not simply listening to Jesus. He is not explaining anything here. He doesn't say to the crowd, well, you know, I was healing all day long. You guys are the ones with the problem. Why did you wait until the sun went down to bring your relatives and your friends to me? I could have healed them today. He doesn't fight against their conviction or their tradition. And I don't think he fights against your conviction or your tradition. He just moves. He just does his thing. And, and also, he doesn't dismiss them because of their traditions, because of their attempts to keep the law in a way that he obviously doesn't think is necessary. Because they could have brought their sick before the sun went down. They don't. And But he doesn't mock them, cut them down, disqualify them, or even point it out. And so I think the more that we fall in step with, and maybe, dare I say, in love with, the image of Jesus, what I consider the lovely Jesus that we see moving healing, speaking, carrying himself through the Gospels, the more we will realize that the transformation that takes place in us is not at the end of some very well-crafted sermon or having studied a scholarly commentary, but it's often just watching Jesus work. It's watching him be good to us and bless our marriage and touch our children and provide protection and help us when we're down and walk through the valley of the shadow of death with us the greatest things are those moments let's read the next verse he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him and i just want to point out here that this is the first instance of what some scholars call the messianic secret uh, and what I mean by that is that Mark is, is heavily emphasizes that Jesus tells people, for about sixty percent of the book of Mark, G, all the way up to into chapter nine, Jesus is telling people, don't don't talk about this, don't let people know what's going on. It happens here in Mark one. It happens in Mark three, Mark four. I think it happens twice in Mark four. It happens in Mark five. It happens in Mark eight. It happens in Mark nine. The revelation of Jesus as Messiah, Jesus wants to keep it discreet and he only lets it come out in stages. And this has to be because he understands his father's plan and he wants to be sensitive to the timing and he doesn't need all that needs to be done to be jeopardized by people. We continue tomorrow as Jesus will begin preaching in Galilee. I'm loving this journey. See you then. God bless.